Hi, and welcome to the Queer Spirituality and Tarot podcast. My name is Flossie Rocks, my pronouns are she, her, and thank you so much for joining us. Today in this episode, I am interviewing Brendan Sheree, who is the Majesty or King of Cups in the Queer Tarot Project. I'm very excited to bring this very first episode to you, so please sit back and enjoy. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast. I'm really excited. You're very welcome. (laughs) This is officially the first real episode of Queer Spirituality and Tarot, the podcast. And I'm the first. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So for people who are listening who don't know who you are, can you tell me which particular card you are in the tarot deck? Uh, I am the Majesty of Cups, otherwise the reimagined King of Cups. Yay! Thank you so much. And what uh, is your name and your pronouns? Uh, my name is Sheree. It is also Brendan or Brenny Bear. I go by either of those. Um, and they, them, and theirs are my pronouns, or I just answer to anything respectable, really. <laughs> Amazing. So... We shot the Majesty of Cups at Witch Camp. Yes, Uh, we did. (laughs) And it was wonderful and an amazing experience for me to come in and feel so part of a community. And I was blown away by how welcoming and accepting and how everybody just sort of made me feel part of it as if I'd been coming for years. It was amazing. It felt like you'd been coming for years. So it was just like, what? oh, it's been a while since we've seen you. You're back again. Okay, this is great. Let's just pick it up. <laughs> Blew my mind. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, and you were one of, I think, six tarot cards that I created at Witch Camp, which, again, I don't believe, it blows my mind that that actually happened. Mm. Yeah, um, one of the six. <laughs> One of the six, which is incredible. Um, so as the King of Cups, has your connection with this card changed or evolved since the photo shoot? I think it's deepened more than anything else. So I would say that is in a way changed and evolved. Um, really just more aware of myself and my place in the world and even just like um when I'm having probably like some rough days or even some great days I just go back and look at that image and it's just kind of this beautiful snapshot of wonder and majesty which is why majesty works so well for it but it's just it's just so magical being able to go back and capture that like recapture that moment in a place because we shot that in the Bower, which was the sex positive space at camp, even though all of camp sex positive, but the the place that's created safely for that kind of work to really happen. And just, yeah, so much love comes out every time I think about that and see that card and just, I felt the most myself in that image. And when I kind of lose track of who I am, I go back to that and it's really beautiful and I'm glad you captured that for me (laughs) I think it's a gift that I didn't expect to really receive in that way oh all of the feels 
<laughs> I'm so glad that when you look at the photograph, it's given that gift to you. Um, as uh, the photographer slash facilitator of this program, this project, I've really felt that every card I've taken, every card that I've created with somebody, I've experienced a little bit of that journey myself and taking on the story that you've told and then unpacking that and exploring that where that comes into my life as well. So mm. thank you. Um, how does for you your queerness and your spirituality cross over? I think for the longest of times they were just like many eggs in one basket sort of thing. So really that I'm a witch and I'm queer and all this. It's like, these are all just the parts of who I am and the story pieces of my character development, really. But then it's been more once I started to drop into all of that, it's really that like they're so deeply ingrained in each other that I can't separate them out to be like, I'm only a witch or I'm only queer, but I can't be a queer witch. When in reality, my witchness is queer and my queerness is witchy. And it's really this, to be authentic in who I am, I have to be all of that at once, at all times in that space. And really, it's how do I bring more queerness to my witchiness? So it's been really expanding <laughs> and working with um, queer ancestors and what that actually means to me, beyond just blood mm -hmm. legacy, craft legacy, um, leg like the ancestors of the land. There's also a whole entire queer legacy that I carry in myself. And it's really unpacking that and working with that and realizing there's fucking radical, crazy ancestors that I don't even know how to start working with. So it's just really about living my authentic life is the best way that I can engage relationship with them. And it's really been unpack, like unpacking all of that and creating little queer ancestor space. So having my little rainbow flag out and all that sort of thing and just um, yeah. helping anchor a queer pagan men's space every three months here in Brisbane as part of a greater group in Australia and just um, just being, yeah, me really is the best way to engage all of the queer witchiness that I am. Aww, yay. <laughs> When we did the photo shoot, one of the questions I ask everybody is, what would you tell your younger self about the card that you, we create together? So mm -hmm. in this podcast, I wanted to ask you, what would your 50-year-old self tell you now? I'm a fucking idiot <laughs> would probably be the first thing. Um, yeah, no, I think right now I'm still such a complete overthinker and overanalyzer. And I would love to imagine that my 50, 50 year old self would just be like, get out, live more, love more, stop overthinking everything and just do it. And just kind of stop living in regrets and living in the things that you didn't do when you're missing all these opportunities of amazing things you could be doing. And it's really, 
yeah, just get out. Go do more. And also self-care the fuck out of yourself as much as you need it. And don't be guilty or ashamed when you need to take a day off or a day, a day away from people mm. because you really need to recharge and it's going to be the thing that's going to be better for your health. And right now also health, all the shit you're going through with your health, you're at the early stage of this journey and there's so mm. much that you're finding out every single blood test and every single appointment gives you a bit more information. Just breathe through it <laughs> and stop expecting immediate answers. Yeah. Because, you know, science only knows so much and you're only seeing so much currently. Yeah. And just enjoy it and the body that you have and the life that you have and just be present in that. And if you're not happy, stop doing things that don't make you happy and find things that do make you happy. Yes! <laughs> yes. That leads wonderfully into... <laughs> One of the other questions that I have here, which is, do you have a self-love practice that you find nourishing that you might be willing to share with me and anyone who is sort of taking this in? <laughs> I love, so there's this modern word called master dating, which is really Ooh. taking yourself out on dates and really... Yeah. It's that's part of my, like, even after today, like today, this morning, I just had to go get some blood tests done for some health stuff I've got. And then afterwards, I'm like, no, I'm taking myself out to breakfast. I deserve this. I'm amazing. I'm looking after myself. And it's just this quality time that, like, I think the most important self-practice and self-love practice I have is to remember that I need to treat myself as well as I treat everyone else. And so it's really about those nourishing things. So being able to, like, yeah, go take myself out and have an amazing coffee and breakfast and just enjoy time away from everything or um, just treating myself in some way. So whether it's an extra long shower and I just enjoy the hot water on my body and how amazing I feel after that or whether it's just some devotional self-love and just really kind of rock the sensuality of my body and the way it reacts to my own touch and it's just kind of that really remembering that everything I do for the world starts at myself and I am the world encompassed so if I don't treat my world well the rest of the world's not going to be great around me Mm. so it's just remembering that yeah coming back to myself I need to be kind and gentle to myself and also know the times I need to be that strict, stern person to whip my butt into gear. And sometimes the things that cause me a bit of pain are the things that I actually need to be doing to shift energy within myself. So dragging myself to the gym and working out is an important part. And it's all a physical and spiritual practice. Yeah. So really just, yeah, I like to just... Mad- find the magic in all the mundane activities I do. So showering is a cleansing process. Mm. Eating is eating is a nourishing soul feeding process. Exercise is like a body adoration worship sort of thing. So really just remembering, yeah, I need to be present and I need to be here and oh. my body needs some self-love all the time. <laughs> That's awesome. I really appreciate that. Um, I sort of I was re- listening to a different podcast just recently and was talking about the energies you're in. And um, I was like, I'm in this real strong doing energy, which 
and is very action orientated and disconnected with my body and I was then talking to my dance partner because I'm going to uh, the gay games very soon for ballroom dancing and Mm. how suddenly I felt very disconnected from my body because I haven't been dancing and I haven't been doing as much yoga as I used to so it was really interesting to observe what I'm doing and where I am in my life and go shit I need to think about this thing and talking about body with you is kind of very timely and I really appreciate <laughs> this journey that you're going on and be like oh yes and again I'm learning through the tarot card or through the conversations about this and simultaneously it's doing wonderful things for me so thank you you're welcome yeah it's I think leading back to the card that I am it's being the majesty of cups is really remembering that while I'm the cup, I'm also the filling. So the, the liquid, the whatever is filling that cup currently. And I need to be present in both of those at the same time. So mm. it's just being in that place where it's like, is my cup overflowing? No. Okay. Then what's going on here? Is there enough in here for me to be nourished? Mm. And then it's also looking at the vessel. Is the vessel strong? Is it, sta- is it starting to leak? Like, what's going on? Is it a bit wobbly? That sort of thing. Yeah. So it's really just kind of, yeah, when you work on one aspect, you're like, oh, yeah, I really want to get my body all prepared. It's like, that's all well and good, but, like, how's my spiritual practice going? Or how is my mental health going? And it's kind of, well, finances and work, it's kind of just really this, Mm. I always imagine juggling so many balls and where is everything currently and are they all in harmony and working together? Oh, it's a constant juggling <laughs> act, isn't it? I know. Sometimes I just want to be like, I don't need that ball right now. Can it just go over there? <laughs> <laughs> or I'll pocket it for a while. <laughs> we'll just put that wheel back on the bus later on, right? It'll be fine. With that. <laughs> as long as it's there at the end, we're fine, right? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> When it comes to tarot and spirituality, when or how how did you come into your version or your experience of tarot and or spirituality, whether they were coinciding together or separately? Yeah, so spirituality, I would say mid-teens. I remember it was in high school. Uh, Buffy and Charmed were on TV at the time <laughs> and it was such this there was such a media influence on witchcraft in modern day and um, crossed paths with some people at school that were friends and it kind of was just like hey let's do some spells yeah this will be fun and then from there it was a few years of kind of just dabbling around with that and then it kind of expanded into a nature-based practice and we started observing the seasons and we'd have Sabbath celebrations and do some full moon magic. So there was kind of a developing cycle happening and then um, went into a bit of dormancy for a year or so. And then after some stressful times and everything, it just kind of came back and it's been a support through my life to now, which has been, I think it's 17 or 18 years I've been actively like saying I'm a witch and mm-hmm. practicing magic and doing work like that. And um, it would have been probably my early twenties, mm-hmm. if not before that, um, getting my first tarot deck and playing around. And 
I still have that same deck and it's my constant, if I really need a definite answer deck, I'll go to. And um, it's it's beautiful and cute because it's, um, it's anime sort of style with oh, yeah. fae creatures on it. Mm. So it's just these adorable fae creatures, but um, I've built such a relationship with them that each card essentially when I'm reading becomes a doorway that then through that they will tell me a story that the reading is for this person. So I don't usually read like with Celtic Cross or something like that. It's more how many cards do I need to pull? What is coming through? What are the signs that I need to be expressed and passed on? And it's really just kind of a relationship that I've built over this time. And that's why it's always like I go back to that deck and I'll dabble in relationships with other decks and see how that goes and they'll come and go. And sometimes I'm just the vehicle that passes them on to another person. Mm. Um, and that's, I can appreciate the art in a lot of decks, but sometimes it's just the art and not anything beyond that that works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know bits and pieces of like traditional symbology and meanings behind cards, but I think it kind of, instead of like hindering or locking in what a card means to me, it's more a bit more information I know about it. So when I'm in relationship with that, I'm like, Oh, this is the traditional meaning, but it's more than this. And in this situation, it might mean something completely different. So it's really just building relationship. It's such a familiar relationship with all the cards. I see someone come out. I'm like, Oh, it's been a while since I've seen you. Oh, this person's going through some shit. Okay. That's why you're making appearance. Yeah. And then it's like, well, actually, no. no. There's not a lot going on. They're all a bit quiet today. So it's really just kind of mm. in relationship with that. It's just beautiful cards, magic. Um, it's kind of, yeah, it's like it's an old friend that I can go back to. And time and time again, it's like I might not pick them up for a few months and pick them up one day and it's like I only saw them yesterday. Yeah. So really it's just it's beautiful and I love that work and yeah, always happy to see more decks created because there's always going to be a deck out there for people and or multiple. I don't want to limit. Mm. You know, you could be poly, polydeckist. I, I have quite the collection now. <laughs> always I do have a lot. Yeah, always shopping for new queer tarot decks on, on my record. Mm-hmm. Um Question, next question is, and I think you briefly touched on it a little bit, was that sense of community that you feel um, Mm -hmm. and finding support because uh, you had a very uh, amazing experience to be connected with other people in finding that spirituality. And I guess I really didn't find that at all until I came to camp. Um, That was probably Mm -hmm. my first experience of well not first but I first on a larger scale um of group and community within a witchy spiritual uh, setting having only really Mm. met with a small little coven of uh five or six people prior to that and even that was quite recent I'd just been solo practicing for a very long time a few other people sort of in that same boat um how and where and what was your experience for that so I guess for me like 
finding community, I was lucky enough to meet some others early on in my stage. Um, when I first came to my practice, it was with others. But over the years, I've also attended events. And uh, I grew up in Sydney, was born and raised there. And uh, they run an event every single month. By It's run by the Pagan Awareness Network, otherwise known as PAN, mm-hmm. um, called the Seven Hills Full Moon Circles. Mm. So they're been running for... Oh God, I'm going to butcher this. It's been quite a while. I'm pretty sure it's in its 20, 21st year mm. of running. Um, rain, hail or shine, they continue to run. And um, I found it to be like a good access to community, um, meeting some of the facilitators there. And then um, from there, finding out about events that were happening around the place. And uh, Pan, like if you join up and become a member they have a newsletter that comes out every quarter that lists all the events available across areas. So um, seeing what was around Sydney at the time when I was there, I know they have listings for Queensland and Victoria. And it was just kind of dropping into that. I had access to such a public community and then support to help run events um, with PANS, um, public liability insurance and all that. And they wanted events running, so they're helping groups get up and going. And then, yeah, I guess through all of that, I kind of met the community I'm in now. So I'm uh, a priestess within the Wildwood tradition, and I'm also a reclaiming witch. So having both communities, which are super queer friendly, super amazing. And I always felt like I I just have, like, I'm blessed to have such an amazing community here. And it's always incredible having more people come to our events that we run um, whether it be something like Cloudcatcher Witch Camp or uh, Earth Song Witch Camp, which happens in Victoria, um, whether it be any of the rec- like reclaiming core classes that happens, or for us in Wildwood, we always do a massive Beltane Fairy celebration each year. I wish um, I could have come to that. <laughs> You're just going to have to come one year. You have to come one year. Uh, if um, I'm still in Vancouver, I will fly over and make an appearance. <laughs> oh. Well, of course. You have to. And just like, we'll have you on a throne. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) But I think um, one of the greatest resources that I know, especially here in our community, um, there's a couple of shops that are run by local witches that are in touch with all the community. So people go in and be like, hey, I'm looking for stuff. And they can guide people to different workshops different covens different traditions all that sort of stuff so the it's really just knowing your kind of like local community so if you are a new witch coming in go check out the new age stores that are around see if there's any public classes that are being run because that's usually the best way to meet other people um and it doesn't always have to be like for us we have like a whole bunch of traditions happening it could just be simple things like it might be a reiki class it might be um, a meditation or yoga class, or it could be public community ritual. So there's a lot of options around there. It's just kind of um, looking a bit deeper mm. and almost like also in the periphery. I think it's like when if you're trying to see the Fae or something like that, we know they're around, but it's like once you try to focus on it, you might completely miss it. But if you just look a bit to the side sort of thing, there'll be little hints and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. If somebody is uh, a new witch and maybe um, looking for all of that kind of community, 
Um, I feel like it is sort of like a, a spiritual coming out of the closet. Um, as some of us queers are familiar with that experience. Did you have an element of fear to overcome coming out of, spiritually coming out of the closet or uh, stating more publicly that you are a practicing witch? Well, as one of these members of the community has had to come out of the closet twice, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, the broom closet and the lovely rainbow closet, it's like, uh, I remember like coming out to my, I've had to come out to my parents twice. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like, it was, I think they're the ones that was the most difficult to really do it with. Mm -hmm. I think aside from that, because it's just been whatever sort of thing. And with that, it was just really kind of like here we have in Australia, there's the census that runs and you can write down what religion or faith you are. And I think it was like, I got them to put down that I was Wiccan and it was, I think, oh, must've been like, early 2000s or something like that so that was the way that I came out of that closet it yeah. was just kind of that and then like I can say that publicly on my like dating app profiles I have listed that I'm a witch so it's not like I hide that thing from potential guys hookups whatever happens sort of thing it's just a public identifier for who I am and it's funny because in the bear community here I'm known as witch Brendan because there's like four Brendans in community (laughs) so it's become my identifier so I can't really not be (laughs) the witch sort of thing Mm. so just it's just more part of who I am so I think it's finding like there can be entry-level languages that work a lot easier so um pagan is always a nicer term that can often be used um and there's great descriptions out there online about what pagan is. I mean, it's more of an umbrella term. But then you might be particular traditions. So you might have particular words. So whether it be like a priestess or a witch or a druid or a shaman, all those sorts of things. There are yeah. particular titles. So it's how you want to kind of present yourself to community. And know that the same thing with everything. It's an evolving title. So the more you learn about yourself and your practice it may change and shift and I think educate yourself a lot because you're going to get a lot of questions when people um, find out. And it's usually, are you a good or a bad witch? Oh, yes. (laughs) I did love, there was a meme going around about, yeah, I'm a bad witch. I sometimes forget my spells and don't clean up after rituals. And it was just (laughs) the perfect thing. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, that's my level of bad witch right there. Yeah. So I think, oh. yeah, hum- humor and levity are going to be some of your best friends when you come out. Mm. Do you, I think, I think I already know the answer to this question, but maybe you can talk to a little bit about your sense of identity. Um, because in, the thing that I've sort of discovered in doing this queer tarot project is that the definition of queer has is so broad and has so many interpretations um two different people which is part of the reason why i love it um but then i have been also un- um, unpacking a little bit of my own sense of attachment to identity 
um, specifically going, I've always identified as queer. Well, not always, but um, that has also evolved. But I've so strongly identified as queer. I'm like, well, who am I outside of that? And so now looking at my spiritual identity and my queer identity as a, a blended thing and who am I with or without attachment to that? Um, can you talk to that a little bit for yourself and your experience? Yeah, of course. So I do identify as queer. And the reason for me is because if I try to pin down my sexuality in any way, shape or form, it's like this mercurial creature. And I find that trying to do that and boxing it into homosexual or something like that is, for me personally, is, uh, it's, it's like a trap and I don't, I'm not comfortable with that because it also doesn't feel like who I am or authentic to myself. And the word queer is the thing that like, when I say it, I just become so giddy and happy. And it's really like, I relationships, like I know sexually I'm attracted to male, I like presenting individuals, but romantically I've developed relationships for a whole assortment of people. So it's really like a multifaceted layered combination that happens there. And I think the dictionary definitions of some terms just don't apply to me in that sense. And I also find that queer allows for so much expression and evolution and change and is a great foundation for knowing that you can be whoever you are and I haven't met every single person in the world and I don't know what sort of relationship I have with every single person in the world. So what's to say that I'm not going to madly fall in love with um, a female bodied individual or something like that. It's really, I don't know. Mm. And I just know myself in this present time and how I am. And it's really just me and my relationship there. And it's not that I take that label on for anyone else. It's more, for me and my story and who am I in my story? And right now I am a queer witch in this story and have been for quite a while and probably will be for even longer. And Mm -hmm. it's just being present in that. And I think the same way that in the LGBTQIA plus community, queer is that encompassing term there. I find witch is the same. It's really that, It can be, it has like an application that's beyond just nature worshipping, that is just beyond spell casting, that is just beyond oracles and divination. It's kind of a, I can do all of these things and still be evolving and changing and some mercurial creature. Mm. And I think that's, that's where it all fits in for me. And I'm still working out who I am and I don't... Like, I think as soon as I try to capture myself in a moment, it changes so quickly that I don't try to capture that anymore. And I just try to live it and be it and breathe it and dance madly into it and sing to it and just all of that. Oh, that makes me so happy. (sighs) Wonderful. If you were talking to a queer human who is 
just waking up or becoming present to their spiritual self, maybe going through a transitionary time, do you have any practices or tools or resources that you might recommend to that person? <sighs> Develop a strong grounding foundation. So learn to ground really well and be present because it's going to be one of the best things that you're going to have when you go out into this world. So learn to be able to put your roots down, to extend branches out and to be present in who you are. And whether that is a deep foundational tree of life meditation, whether it's a breath in, a breath out, just be learn, <coughs> learn to be present in whatever moment and in time. And from there also just have a, learn to develop a, um, practice around self-authenticity. So really, if you develop this grounding practice, you can come from a place of authenticity at all times. So even in situations where you might become flustered, you might feel like everything's caving in on you, if you can go back to a grounded place and then step out from that and into an authentic place and into your work, it's going to be so good for you and your practice. And mm. it's really like that's the... It's one of the foundational things that I think grounding is so good. It's, uh, it's so good. And breath practice. Yeah. Like those are the things that whenever I teach elements of magic and that foundational work, it's really working those in. And even when I get flustered and crazy and on the edge of a panic attack, it's that really, where is my breath? Am mm. I grounded right now? And coming back to that. And then I can deal with the world again and do what I need to be doing and not overexert myself, exhaust myself or make some stupid decisions. <laughs> Even though sometimes stupid decisions lead to amazing things. <laughs> it's really, so yeah. I would say, yeah, learn to ground. And I don't have a great relationship with it, but I suggest finding some meditation skills and <laughs> really work with that as well also helps. Mm, meditation or for me even I like to do a lot of journaling no I find that super helpful processing emotions and change and feels mm -hmm. um reclaiming I guess is a practice that is quite global um yes I think there are other traditions that are also global but potentially not as accessible I'm not sure. Can you speak to that? So, yeah. Um, I've been part of Reclaiming since 2012. And it's been running since the late 60s, early 70s. Um, entirely accessible. Even the Principles of Unity, which is essentially the Reclaiming mission statement, um, talks about accessibility. So anyone from any financial background, anyone from any uh, gender history or gender story, from any tradition, from any relationship with gods, goddesses, mysterious ones, divine beings. It's really open. And even community classes, like, sponsor like there's uh, scholarships and all of that available. There's often teachers will give out free tickets it's really about making sure that everyone has access. And 
witch camps happen all over the world and can be great fun events. There's often public events that are run and I think sometimes they will just do like a gold coin donation and most of that just goes to covering any costs, so whether it be candles or food or something like that. Or even people are encouraged just to bring food along to share. Mm. Um, there's that, like, there's that kind of community that happens and um, there's a lot of books and information out there on the internet. So pretty sure it's reclaiming.org has all the information or reclaiming.com, something like that, which will have mm-hmm. all the base information that you'll need, like the principles of unity, uh, some information about the core classes, about witch camps, um, all of that happening. And then, yeah, for me, like Wildwood's the other tradition I belong to. And um, we're international. It's been, <laughs> um, we have currently practitioners uh, and um, priestesses and all, and dedicants and all that in uh, several states here in Australia. Uh, so there's a few now in the US and also in Europe. So we're kind of like grown with the wonderful use of technology and travel. Um, has helped and facilitated that process to happen. And uh, for me, like, this tradition started uh, in southeast Queensland back in uh, 2000. No, not 2000. That's the wrong math. 2006 Mm -hmm. um, would be the year when it first started. And started by four queer witches and has evolved into a tradition of, I think we're at 30 or 40 members now. Um, with some more recent additions and accepts a whole assortment of different people for identities, histories, all of that. And yeah, it's just amazing and incredible and is so part of my life that when I'm not in relationship with it, I don't feel right. (laughs) The same with like, (laughs) <laughs> with reclaiming it's like whenever I'm not in healthy relationship with my witchcraft and practice it's I'm not feeding part of myself and it's really about coming back to that and remembering that it's that is part of who I am and part of my journey and story and that all of it needs to be nourished thank you so much for sharing okay i've had fun yay i i only have the last thing in closing before we sort of wrap up our podcasting um is if you or the majesty of cups have any message that you'd like to share with anyone listening what would that be or what do you have to say Hmm. (laughs) let me just drop into my card let me just think about that Okay. <laughs> All I keep getting is this message to remember to drink enough water because it's <laughs> going to help. <laughs> well, you do have an owl cup. And who knows what's in that cup in that picture? <laughs> That's so true. Uh, it was, yeah, what I'm getting is just remember to nourish yourself. And self care is one of those amazing things. And just if you don't have yourself at the end of the day, like you're not really here or present or any of that. And 
just be be yourself. Be the the most majestic, cup bearing, amazing queer witch that you can be, and just fill your cup time and time again, and drink deep of your cup time and time again, and don't be afraid to pick up different cups and try out different cups and. Because you might have a favorite wine glass. You might have your favorite coffee cup because, you know, it's just jumbo and fits the right amount of coffee you need. Or you want to be fancy and get your teacup and saucer out or that sort of thing. It's really go out and try different things and know the thing so that you can learn what are your favorite things. And mm-hmm. when you don't have them, that you can come back and be like, oh, I missed you. And really have that beautiful relationship with that. And be brave, be strong, be daring. And know that tears are something that are always going to be in our life. So whether they're happy or they're sad, that they're going to flow and just be gracious every time it happens. It's like after a drought, that thirst of rain and just that amazing relief that comes with that so tears are a blessing and let them come yeah oh thank you so much this is well beyond and exceeded all of my wildest expectations of what these conversations would be like um it's great it's like extending on what we got to do when we took the photos yeah and some with some people, I had really short conversations, and some people had really long conversations. And I've I've always had this hunger to talk to people more and explore some of these questions. So thank you for being the first one. <laughs> I'm so excited to see where it goes. Oh, I can't wait to hear more of them and get yeah. to know the cards because yeah. by the time that the deck is completed and. I have a physical, tangible copy. I'll, I'll know the cards more. So I'll already have relationships yeah. with them. Thank you so much for listening. You can find more about the Queer Tarot Project over at www.queertarot.cards or follow on Instagram at, at create underscore magic, M-A-G-I-C-K. And if you would like to participate in the project and be photographed for a tarot card, please get in contact with us via the website. Thank you so much. Be fabulous. Be yourself. And practice however you want. Good night.